Welcome. Welcome to the weekend. Everybody up. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. You'll get the insight and latest information on North Dakota State football. From the tailgate lot to the football field, our countdown is on. Here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, put those seat backs and tray tables in their upright positions because you are flying the friendly skies. I heard it here, airlines, and we're going to be crushing the sound barrier this morning talking about the undefeated and undisputed heavyweight champs of the FCS subdivision, your North Dakota State Bison 9-0 on the year, 5-0 in the Missouri Valley Football Conference after absolutely demolishing Bo Pelini and his Youngstown Youngstown State Penguins 56-17. 56-17 on the road. This team looks like a juggernaut. This team with Trey Lance, who was added to the Walter Payton Award watch list and the Jerry Rice Award watch list. How many quarterbacks at any level of football, FBS, NFL, FCS, can be playing in their 10th game and not have a turnover? <whistles> Trey Lance has 27 touchdowns in zero turnovers. He is a freshman, and he looked like a redshirt senior last weekend in Youngstown. First half, 7-9, 160 yards passing, three touchdowns through the air, one touchdown on the ground. He had just a shade under 200 total yards and four touchdowns in the first half against a Bo Pelini defense. Say what you will about Bo Pelini. He's a hothead, temperamental He's got his underwear on backwards. That's why he's always so mad. The dude has won a Super Bowl. The dude has coached in the NFL. He's coached at Nebraska, where he is, at least record-wise, the best Nebraska coach since Tom Osborne. He's won an FBS national championship. He is one of the most respected defensive minds in college football. And if you listen to the Thundering Herd cast, which you can subscribe to and listen to for free on Apple iTunes, this week we were telling you one of the most important things said after the football game, after North Dakota State won, was Bo Pelini saying the Bison exposed his team. That they exposed what they were trying to do and accomplish. And that is huge. He was saying that North Dakota State outcoached Youngstown. He was saying the Bison went in there with the game plan and knew how to attack them and executed that game plan. You have a first-year head coach in Matt Enns, a first-year offensive coordinator in Tyler Roll. You got David Braun in his first year as a defensive coordinator of this football team. These guys have been doing it a long time. They've been coaching a long time. They've been very good coaches for a long time. Tyler Roll didn't all of a sudden become a great offensive mind when he was tabbed to be the offensive coordinator. Tyler Roll was tabbed to be the offensive coordinator because he has a great offensive mind. 
He dissected Bo Pelini's defense, dissected them, did whatever they wanted to do. Maverick and I went and watched the first half on, on Thursday. I was home with Mav in the afternoon. We went back and put on that game from ESPN3, watched it again. And I am telling you, NDSU dominated that football game in more ways than meets the eye. And they looked awfully good doing it. And here's the challenge now, right? Here's the challenge. On paper, Bison fans, I'm with you. We were just talking about it, Chase Miller, Josh Linus, and myself in the 7 to 40, the fan studios, in the pre-production meeting for the show that NDSU on paper has gotten through the hornet's nest of its schedule. They've checked the box winning at South Dakota State. They checked the box winning at Illinois State. They beat number five UNI at the Fargo Dome, just didn't beat them. They kicked them in the beanbags and sent them back to Iowa, hurting that team has since rebounded in UNI and hasn't lost since. They beat Illinois State last week. They beat Youngstown State, who's always tough at home. You got a CAA win against Delaware on the road. You've beaten North Dakota, who's got a big game against Weber State and who's in the top 25 this week. Seven of your nine wins are against teams that were rated in the top 25 at some point this season. Four of those wins were against teams in the top 10. And now you've got Western Illinois who's 1-8. You've got South Dakota, who lost to Western Illinois last weekend and is 3-6. And, and then you've got a 5-4 and four Southern Illinois as the keystone to your regular season. On paper, the Bison are going to be favored like they are this afternoon by 40 points. If North Dakota State plays at any level near what they played last week and how they've played during the season They will win these games decisively, and that's the challenge to do that. That's what good teams do. That's what great teams do. We see this with the the Minnesota Vikings. My father-in-law, Al, and my mother-in-law, Bonnie, they're up helping with Maverick this weekend, giving Libby and I an opportunity to sleep a little bit. And, And man alive, that is so much appreciated. They're both Vikings fans. We were sitting around the kitchen island last night, like many of you do talking about how some teams play down to the competition. The Minnesota Vikings do that. Kirk Cousins can't beat a team with a winning record. The Vikings get in rock fights like they did with Washington a few weeks ago. That's what teams that are scratching and clawing just to make the playoffs do. That is the challenge for North Dakota State this afternoon if you're mad at to tell your guys, You need to grab the bull by its hairy beanbags. You need to go out there and put this game away by halftime. You need to go out there and execute. You need to go out there and give some of our backups and third string guys an opportunity to play in the second half. This can't be a 21 to three or 21 to seven kind of game at the half. You need to put the Leathernecks away. No disrespect to the Leathernecks. Dr. Tom Cody faculty athletic rep, color analyst for Western Illinois football. I've known that guy going on a decade now. We're Summit League brothers. I really like the folks from Western Illinois. Brother Swan and I go back a long ways with them. And no disrespect to you guys because I love you. NDSU should have this game in hand by halftime. Good teams, great teams take care of their business. They bring that energy when they're playing an opponent who's one and eight. 
they get up for the game. They rise up to the challenge because they're not necessarily competing against the team on the other side of the line of scrimmage. They're competing with themselves. They're competing against that guy, that proverbial guy in the mirror, that old cliche, that old adage. Who's most responsible for your success or your failures? It's that guy looking back at you in the mirror every morning. That's what NDSU needs to do today. They need to be sharp. They need to eliminate the mistakes. They need to take care of the football. And they need to win in a convincing manner. Is it fair, Swanee? I, I hear you, Bison Nation, saying, well, the expectations are just silly stupid for this football team. That hasn't lost a football game for over two years now, going back to November 2017 in Brookings, South Dakota. That is unfair to say that any team should be expected to win by 40 points. This is not just any football team. This is North Dakota State. To win that many games in a row, you need that killer instinct, that champion's mentality to go out there. And when you're expected to win by 40, you don't complain about it. You don't bemoan the expectations. You go out there and you do it. You go out there and you take care of your business. If you're the Bison offensive line, you move the line of scrimmage. If you're the defensive line, if you're the Wolfpack, the Bison secondary, if you're the Alley Cats, you make sure that Western Illinois isn't putting together first downs. It's three and out, baby. It's three and out, making the Leathernecks punt, getting the ball back to your offense in good field position, and then executing. It's taking care of your blocks. It's sealing the edge. If you're the wide receivers, it's blocking downfield. It's getting separation on your routes. If you're Trey Lance, it's doing what you did last week against Youngstown. Christian Watson, I told you, man alive. I'm really bad at this whole humble thing and being modest sometimes. Last week, I told you, everyone else in the media market here was saying, "Ah, it's going to be a tight game. Be a tight game. Youngstown State, one of our competitors. Probably the best sports columnist in the area. He says the Bison are going to lose. He doesn't tell you why. He just says, well, they got to lose at some point, so they are going to lose. I told you on this very program, on these airwaves, Paswani and Maswani always kind of shake their heads when, when I do this, telling everyone how right I was. It's a sin, man. It's a vice, but man. It feels good to say I told you that the Bison would win by 32 points. I guess I was wrong because the Bison won by 39. And I had reasoning, Bison Nation. That wasn't some pull it out of the backside pick throwing it out there because I am the homerist of homers. I told you that the Bison passing attack would find a rhythm last week. I told you the matchups favored it. I told you that the Bison receivers would have a lot of man coverage that Youngstown State would put their corners on an island to try to defend against the Bison run. And what did Tyler Roll and Randy Hedberg and the Bison offensive staff do? They said, that's fine, baby. You just try to stop us because we are going all U.S. Air Force on you and we are bombing you back to the Stone Age. That football game in Ohio last week was over seven minutes into the football game where Trey Lance hit Christian Watson for that 55-yard or whatever it was touchdown, a teardrop from heaven. It was poetic. The fluidity of motion. Watson gets behind that corner. 
he gets the separation. And Trey Lance throws that high-arcing pigskin and a parabola through the Ohio skies where it drops down into the running and waiting arms of Christian Watson, who glides into the end zone for a 14-0 lead. That football game was over. Shut the door. Turn out the lights. That game was done. That's what North Dakota State needs to do this afternoon. They need to bring the energy. They need to execute. They need to take care of business to move to 10-0, and 0, to move to 6-0 in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, to put yourself in a position, the rarefied air that we are in right now with this Bison team. I told you the challenge for this Bison is looking into the mirror and living up to that potential and those expectations. We're going to go one step further this morning because this Bison team, if they could finish the regular season undefeated, would become only the third North Dakota State team in the Missouri Valley Football Conference era to go through the regular season undefeated in conference play. That is hard to do. It is hard to do because week in and week out, you are facing teams like South Dakota State. You are facing teams like UNI in Illinois State and Youngstown State, teams that go to the playoffs and win football games. It's not a patty cake schedule like the Ohio Valley. It's not like the overrated CAA East Coast bias, East Coast elites that get into the playoffs like they did last year, then let the turd slide down the leg and go one in five or one in four in the first few rounds. NDSU would go on the only game in the CAA that would give the Bison any semblance of a challenge would be James Madison. NDSU would do what they did to Delaware earlier this season to every other team in the CAA. Going through the Missouri Valley Football Conference undefeated is tough. It is so tough that seven North Dakota State teams that have won FCS championships in the last eight years and the last eight NDSU teams who have won eight straight Missouri Valley Football Conference championships that only two teams in that illustrious run of this greatest dynasty in college football history have won undefeated in the regular season. Seven national champions. Of those seven, five of them dropped a game in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. It is not easy playing in this league. This Bison team has put themselves into a position where they can challenge that 2013 team in that 2018 team for the label of best ever to do it at North Dakota State and best ever to do it at the FCS level. And I know, guys, you're saying, Swanee, don't get ahead of yourself, man. That's crazy talk. You're getting way in front of yourself. Don't put that on this young team, this freshman quarterback, this first-year head coach. That's a big ask. That's a lot to ask for right now from any team. That 13 team and that 18 team, they were top-heavy with 23, 24 seniors, with senior quarterbacks that had won multiple national championships, with head coaches that had been there, done that, raising that trophy in Frisco multiple times. But here's the thing, guys. Champions embrace that. They grab a hold of that and say, you're darn right. That's what we're gunning for. They don't run away from it. Behind closed doors, the stuff we don't hear in that locker room, they embrace that. That's the Bison culture. 
You embrace championship expectations. You don't shy away from the fact that you could put yourself and your team and the guys you're playing with, your brothers, every Saturday, that you could put yourselves into that discussion to say, we want to be considered amongst the best ever to do it at this level. We think we're worthy of that. Now you need to go out and show why you're worthy of that. You need to go out and you need to execute. That's a fun conversation to have as a fan base. Don't be afraid of that Bison Nation. When you're at tailgating this morning, my Six Flags guys, Eric Yonser, Nick Prothero, Shannon and Dan and the boys getting ready, tablegating at Chubbs this morning. Don't shy away from that. Embrace that stuff. There's no reason to be afraid to talk about it. The Bison want to go 16-0. They'd be the first team in Division I history in 150 years of college football to go 16-0. Man, wrap yourself up in that glorious flag. Running up the flagpole. We want 16-0. Bring it on. James Madison, Weber State. Come try to get it from the Bison. Montana, Sac State, Central Arkansas. Because when we play our football game, you don't stand a chance in the river sticks of coming out on top. That's where this Bison team is at, man, and I'm excited to talk about it. We got a great show lined up for you this morning. We got some sound from Matt Entz earlier in the week from Kobe Johnson and Michael Tutsi lined up. We got Chase Miller from 740 AM, the fan, and Nolan Schmidt from Bison Illustrated on the FCS Face the Nation Roundtable. I told you we'd be crushing the sound and speed barrier this morning. How we do and want to thank our sponsors at Yankee Insurance. Weldon's Tire Service, Altendorf Trucking and Express, and Seaberg Power Sports. Stay tuned because we got more Heard It here with Swatty coming up right after this. I don't believe that buys a nation for the goofy stuff I tell you on these airwaves. I know these other guys are working hard. I know they're on scholarship, but I watched that South Dakota Western Illinois game last Saturday afternoon to get a flavor. To be able to tell you, fine listeners, what to expect in the next few weeks. And it's a steamy pile of you-know-what. Western Illinois is not a very good football team right now. South Dakota is not a very good football team right now. The the eyeball test. You can go up and down the numbers, and, and I can give you the data because I do my homework, do the due diligence, statistically the analytics breaking it down. Western Illinois is the 105th scoring offense in the country. The Bison are number two. That's one of the biggest stories in the FCS, and I don't know why every year this Bison offense is rated consistently in the top five for scoring offense, putting up 39, 35 points per game. Nobody ever talks about it, except for me. I feel like I'm the crazy guy screaming down the hallway about how good the North Dakota State offenses, they always want to talk about Sam Houston and Montana. And even down the road, for as good as South Dakota State's offensive performances have been, North Dakota State, by the numbers, if you look at the best offense in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, scoring offense, total offense, it's North Dakota State. You got quarterbacks like Brock Jensen, Carson Wentz, and Easton Stick, and now Trey Lance. You got skill kids up the wazoo. How do you def- we talked about that on the Thundering Herdcast, How- and we'll talk about it more here this morning. 
if you're an opposing defense, how do you defend the Bison offense, right? Trey Lance, a threat to run or pass every play. He had four rushes last week, but those four rushes don't tell the story of how he makes a defense try to, to, to prepare and defend the Bison. Do you crash up that safety or D-end or linebacker? And if he gets by you or beats you, he's going to run for 30 yards, maybe a touchdown, or he's going to throw the ball to Christian Watson or Phoenix Sproles or one of his cornucopia of tight ends. The Bison this year, on 20% of their plays, so one out of every five plays, has been a play offensively of 10 yards or more on a rush or 15 or more yards on a pass. How do you defend that? Because if you come up and try to spy Trey Lance or take away the quarterback run and that run-pass option offense, he's going to give the ball to Adam Cofield, Ty Brooks, Dimitri Williams, Kobe Johnson, running backs that are averaging anywhere between five to seven yards per pop and who have the Bison offensively have almost 70 explosive plays or 20 or more yards. So who are you going to defend? Okay, take away Trey Lance, Dimitri Williams, Cofield, here you go. Ty Brooks, here you go. Big play touchdown. All right, we're going to take away the running game. Fine. We'll go 7-9 for 160 yards and three scores. Chucking the ball to our tight ends. Josh Babbitt's two touchdowns last week. Phoenix Sproles, a bunch of catches. Adam Cofield, Kaporis, Jimmy K out there. Who are you going to defend? How are you going to defend that? That's a challenge. Offensively, going back to the numbers. NDSU, number two, scoring offense in the country. Number four, rush offense. Western Illinois, 107th in the country in rush offense, 104th in total offense, 96th in scoring defense, 87 in rush defense. Western Illinois is giving up almost 200 yards rushing per game. The Bison are rushing for nearly 300 yards per game. You want a disparity? There it is. The good, the bad, and the ugly across the board, Western Illinois statistically is one of the weaker teams, not only in the Valley, but in FCS. The Bison should own the line of scrimmage today. And when you own the line of scrimmage, you're going to own the football game. Bring it on board. Chase Miller from 740, the fan, and Nolan Schmidt. This is a game, guys, that should be boring. This is a game that by halftime, the student section should clear out, or the folks in the stands, if they're sticking around, they should see a lot of Zeb Nolan. They should see a lot of guys where they're going to their program and saying, who is number 23? Who's 21? Who are those guys? They should be seeing a lot of new guys on the field. That is the expectation for today because statistically throughout the course of the season, you are who you are, and North Dakota State should own the Leathernecks. Well, I mean, you could go out on a limb and say, I mean, what is this? Is a deer hunting opener this deer week? Is that, is that what it is? It uh, is. It's deer opener. You know, Veterans Day weekend, a lot of people don't necessarily have work on Monday. Could have taken the family out for a trip somewhere. They see Western Illinois on the schedule. They see Western Illinois' 1-8 and eight and all those stats that you just rattled off. You know, this might be a game where it might not be the most greatly attended Fargo Dome that we've seen. You know, you say the student section might clear out by halftime. I mean, are we, would we even see a full student section? I don't – probably not. I, I mean, will we even see a full Fargo Dome? Probably not because, uh, I mean, I, I think the an- expectation when you see Western Illinois on the schedule and what they've done this year is obviously subpar. They're in the bottom of the barrel of the Missouri Valley. So 
yeah, I do expect to see, you know, a pretty dominant performance from NDSU based on what we saw last week. But, you know, you also have to factor in for for everything that we talk about this game, the Harvest Bowl is a huge deal at North Dakota State. So, I mean, I, I think that alone, you know, brings it that's that certain amount of luster every year, I think, when the Harvest Bowl happens. You have the certain amount of luster, and you have people that maybe don't usually attend a Bison football game are in attendance for this game. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to what to make of the attendance situation just because of the opponent. But at the same time, you're right in that at least at halftime, you'd like you'd think that it's it's going to be half cleared out. And that's a challenge, isn't it, Chase Miller? If you're Matt Ants talking at his press conference, Josh, do we have that sound with Coach Ants talking about how much energy the Bison played with last weekend? The one thing that I thought our kids did probably better than they had the previous eight games is we had a ton of energy. And if I could find a way to bottle that energy that was on the sideline, I'd be a millionaire. That becomes the challenge for myself and our staff and our players and captains is how can we have that same energy again here at home. And to Nolan's point, Chase, when you're playing in front of a crowd and the Bison, there might be more people than expected just because they haven't played at home since that Missouri State game. But you got deer opener. You got a long holiday weekend. Salute to service, all you veterans out there. Hey, man, thanks for doing what you guys do for our country. We love you. We appreciate the heck out of you. Alana Christensen, one of the best Bison fans out there, gathered hundreds of tickets to donate them to vets so they could go to the game. Chase Miller, I think Matt Entz is absolutely right. The challenge for the Bison this week is rising to that level and playing with high energy against maybe a lower-tiered opponent. Yeah, and you got uh, high school football playoffs in North Dakota going on, high school football playoffs in Minnesota going on. You have state volleyball going on right now in Minnesota as well on top of the Gophers playing at 11 a.m., and I think that will deter some people going, hey, you know what, maybe I I have a buddy of mine that's a Gopher fan. Well, that looks like a more appetizing matchup, so I'm going to take the I-94 drive down to Minneapolis and maybe catch a game that would normally come to the Bison football game. One thing that stood out to me uh, in the Missouri State game, guys, is getting down there, walking around the field an hour before the game, it just felt dead. Like the Fargham just had a different feel to it. Even when the players were warming up, the music was at times playing, then for two or three minutes it wasn't playing, and then it wasn't. It, was, it just had a weird feel. So if I walk around the field again, and I'm not a player or a coach or have anything to do with the game, but I go, this has a weird feel, which led into the weird football game with Missouri State where the Bison still had over 400 yards of offense, but only 20-some points of offense. And it just had – it it was just kind of like a spooky before Halloween what is going on moment. So that's what I'm curious. What does the feeling feel like? On the football field, once they come out, are they as energetic as they were against Youngstown State? Can they come out with that haymakers punch to start the football game, put a bad team away early? Because it was 364 days between wins for Western Illinois. If they didn't beat USD, it would have been over a year for the Leathernecks coming into trying to you know beat an opponent. So, Swanee, at the end of the day, they got to put a football team away early. They got to find ways to uh, take care of business in this football game. And if they can do that in the first quarter, that to your point, then you start looking through the roster guide. And, and regardless of what the score is, the student section is going to leave at halftime. If the Bison yeah, are up true. by four or the Bison are up by 40, they're going to leave at halftime. Trey Lance should be the Walter Payton Award winner right now, I'm telling you. And Matt Ant should be the coach of the year. When you got a game like this, I'm not going to sit around and tell you who the players to watch for Western Illinois because you don't care. When you're playing a 1-8 and football team, buys a nation, if you're like me, I love this game. I'm not rushing to the the uh, the sheet, the sports info sheet put together to see who Western Illinois' leading rusher is, to see who their 
top passer and receivers are. I don't care because I want my team to take care of business and win by 40. So that's what we're going to talk about when we come back from the break. We're going to talk about Trey Lance and the illustrious standout season that redshirt freshman is having. 27 touchdowns, zero interceptions, leads the number two ranked offense in the country. How can you not put him as a Walter Payton Award winner? I feel like it's deja vu all over again. We're talking about this with Easton Stick, and he got robbed, man. He got robbed for the Payton last year. Will this be the year that a Bison finally wins the Walter Payton Award. You should stay tuned because what I have to say about it might surprise you. Yes, sir. At NDSU, unlike the no-good cattle rustlers and horse wranglers down south on I-29, it's always a bonanza. Every week, Swanee brings you his key moments behind the herd's bountiful harvest. Giddy up, bison country. Want to thank our show's sponsors, Altendorf Trucking and Express, Walton's Tire Service, Yankee Insurance, and Seaberg Power Sports for bringing you this audio euphoria of awesomeness. Saturday morning, getting ready for the Bison 230 kick against Western Illinois, this is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 AM. The Fan and 107.3 FM. Check out our show page and podcast, the Thundering Herdcast podcast. Subscribe for free on Apple iTunes. Search Thundering Herdcast. Check out our show page at 740thefan.com. Also check out all my contents and columns and Nolan stuff over at bisonillustrated.com. And hey, you hunters out there, you farmers, we thanked the veterans earlier. Swanee loves you. Swanee loves you, baby. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, farmers, hunters. Be careful out there. Wearing orange. A lot of you out there farming, still getting the crop off. Just be careful. I'm thinking about you. I hope you get the deer. Hope that you'll make some of that awesome Delicious, delectable deer sausage in the tailgating lot, and I will eat it. I was tailgating down in Brookings. Went to the game with my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, two of my brother-in-laws. Tailgating with some former players, Mike Hardy, Ryan Smith, Trevor Gebhardt, and the boys. Good dudes, man. Good dudes tailgating with them. And, And whoever was tailgating next to us, they kept bringing us plates of food. The deer sausage, the, the, the mini corn dogs, the, the steak bits. It was awesome. I think I put on 20. I'm at the point now in my life, Maverick, I, I got to call him up at Bison Illustrated, watching the games with him, love being a dad. It's my favorite thing. Changing diapers. I even love – I talk to my friends. They're like, dude, stop telling us about poop and diapers. Like, we don't want to hear about that. I'm like, no, man, but this blowout, like, he filled the whole thing. I'm up to that point in my life where now when I gain 5 to 10 pounds of tailgating, it's not from the beer I'm drinking. It's from all the food that I'm eating. But I digress because we only have so many minutes here, and you don't want to hear about diapers any more than my friends do. So the question we pose before the break, is Trey Lance the deserving candidate for the Walter Payton Award? How can he not be? Who does that? Any quarterback. 
Nolan Schmidt's out there having his picture taken with Peyton Manning when Peyton Manning was in town. One of the greatest quarterbacks in history. Peyton Manning doesn't do that. Carson Wentz is a second-rated passer in the NFL right now. Bet you didn't know that. Carson Wentz is two drop passes from his wide receivers of being in the discussion for the MVP with Russell Wilson. Two drop passes away, and Carson Wentz would be in the discussion for MVP. Carson Wentz never did that. Easton Stick, the juggernaut, one of my favorite players in program history, he didn't do that. Trey Lance, you can talk about all the touchdowns. The 19 passing touchdowns, the eight rushing touchdowns. Trey Lance had four touchdowns at halftime. Trey Lance had Matt Entz and the boys left him in there. Could have had eight touchdowns last weekend. Trey Lance's numbers are fantastic. 27 touchdowns, no turnovers. And the Bison are doing that when they're winning games by an average of 28 points per game. The Bison aren't looking to put up numbers in the second half. They're looking to be vanilla run the ball out, pick up first downs, go home with the win, yawn second half, right? But Trey Lance in one half against a Bo Pelini defense, you go look at the numbers. You tell me, Walter Payton voters, Chase Miller, Nolan Schmidt, great football minds, who else in the FCS would have halves where they're throwing for a buck 60, running for almost 40, and having four total touchdowns? I don't understand. How a guy like that, how any quarterback, the, the passing yards aren't there. But take a look what he's doing with those passing yards. He's putting up touchdowns. He's making big plays. He's making other teams respect the run so much that when the Bison running backs get the ball, they're rushing for like seven yards per carry. In, in my mind, guys, Trey Lance should be the Walter Payton Award winner. It's pretty traditional for that to go to a quarterback, right? Because I'm, I'm looking over, I'm looking over the, the list. And I mean, there's a t- there's tight ends. I think the tight end from Portland State's on here. Kay Johnson from SDSU, Pierre Strong, uh, running back and wide receiver on this list. You know, I- I'm just looking at it from a quarterback perspective because it seems like every year a quarterback happens to win the Walter Payton Award. It's like the Heisman in that. It's a quarter. It it is admittedly it's a quarterback centric award. And you know, I've seen names like Tom Flacco, who's a great quarterback for Towson. Jake Mayer, who we saw earlier this year at UC Davis. Regard, I- and I think we're at the point now where. It doesn't necessarily make a difference where the team is at in their season, right? Because Devlin Hodges won the Walter Payton last year for a team that barely went 500. Six and five, Sanford. So they were just a shade over 500. So I don't know, as compared to maybe like a Heisman or like an an MVP in a major professional sport, a, a lot of times that award goes to a team on a really good a player on a really good team, right? The LeBron James, the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, this and that. That doesn't really necessarily apply. So I, when I see a guy like Jake Mayer or Tom Flacco, those are probably two just because they are familiar to FCS fans. I mean, I didn't, you know, scourge the whole the whole list here, but those are names that jump out to me off the top of my head knowing that Jake Mayer coming into the year was likely going to be the guy that would win that award. So I agree with you, Swanee. I think when you look at the body of work that Trey Lance has put together as just a redshirt freshman, I do believe that he is the Walter Payton Award winner, should be at least. But I think historically we've seen that that doesn't necessarily, what we think and what we believe doesn't necessarily translate to what actually happens, right? If you're Here's, here's what bothers me, Chase Miller, with Towson being 2-3 and three in the CAA, 5-4 and four overall. And same with UC Davis. They're four and five. They're going to miss the playoffs. 
and with Jake Mayer and what they're doing in the in the Big Sky, UC Davis is two and three in the Big Sky. So you have teams middling in their football conference. If your quarterback truly was the best player in the FCS, you should be making the playoffs. You should be better than five hundred in your conference. That's what ugh, irks me about the Walter Payton. It would never happen with the Heisman. You would never have a player that's four and five in their league winning the Heisman Award. It goes to guys on good football teams because if you truly are the best player in your division, your team should at least be making the playoffs. And I think for the Trey Lance uh, aspect of it, they're probably not going to give it to him because he's a redshirt freshman. And I hate to say it like that, but I I think he'll get the – a newcomer of the year award, or if there's like a rookie of the year because it's Jerry his first, first four years, you know, he might win that type of an award than actually uh, the Walter Campbell. The other thing of the matter is, is uh, how many times did people ask, is Easton Stick the best uh, player in college football? And Chris Kleiman said, without question, hands down, right? Obviously, he's going to defend Easton Stick. He's going to defend his program. He's going to defend his players. But that didn't make Easton Stick win the award. So at the end of the day, uh, is it a system of North Dakota State because Trey Lance is only, you know, throwing the football 14, 15 times in a game? And yes, he's going nine of 14 for 160 yards and two or three touchdowns with no interceptions. Those are great numbers, but Mayer's throwing for over 300 yards. Now, granted, he has to throw the ball 30, 35, 40 mm-hmm. times a game, and he's thrown interceptions this year against UND, against NDSU inside the Fargonome. I-, I think at the voting level now for the FCS of what it has been, unless they turn a leaf because they don't want Trey Lance to win as a redshirt freshman, then be the favorite for three straight years and possibly walk away with three straight, uh, four straight of those, you know, awards. So at the end of the day, with Trey Lance being a redshirt freshman compared to a Jake Mayer, who's a senior quarterback that had a lot of attention, as Nolan said, going into the preseason, he kind of had that equity. I think that's a reason why you see Trey Lance probably not going to win the award on, what are we, on November the 9th, regardless of what happens for the rest of the season for any any game or what the yards or stats are going to become for the rest of the year. See, like, I that, like, doesn't register in my head, like that line of thinking, right? Because I can see it now. Like, I'm looking at a guy like Kevin Davidson at Princeton, who's who's undefeated. Ivy Leagues don't participate in the playoffs, obviously, but I think he's thrown for over 2,000 yards, only turned the ball, only thrown three interceptions. And the, the guy at Sac State, Thompson, those are the two on, like, good football teams, quarterbacks, that you could definitively say are, are maybe front runners. But I think about it. When you say you don't want to give it to Trey Lance as a redshirt freshman and then give it to him the next three years and exhaust everybody in giving Trey Lance's award, that just doesn't register to me. Michael Jordan was the best player in basketball for 15 years, and there was no question that he was the most valuable player. It's the same with LeBron James right now. LeBron James is easily the best player in basketball, but they don't give him the MVP because they're sick of it, right? They, they give it to Charles Barkley one year when Jordan was in the league. They give it to Carl Malone one year in the league when Jordan was in the league, even though Jordan is far and away the best player. That doesn't make sense. I think, I think, I think you're both right. I think voters are going to say he's a freshman. His time will come. And after the break, we'll, we'll talk about some game time predictions and, and all that stuff. There's bison fatigue. Make no mistake, amongst voters, there's a reason Easton Stick didn't win the award. There's a reason Chris Kleiman didn't win the National Coach of the Year. It's because voters are sick and tired of NDSU's success. And if they can find a way to stick it to NDSU and needle NDSU, 
they're going to do it. These are voters. It's subjective. They are people. And they're going to say, well, it's North Dakota State. They should be good to, to heck with them. I think there's a big element of bias and fatigue that plays into this. Everyone hates us. We're the New England Patriots of the FCS, the New York Yankees of the FCS. That's why all these voters, they hate us because they ain't us. Stay tuned for more Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? It's Saturday morning, Bison game day. We got Nolan Schmidt from Bison Illustrated and Chase Miller from 740 The Fan. The biggest problem with this show, a lot of you were thinking there's a lot of problems with this show, Swanee. I had a judge in Minot that I used to clerk for or have a lot of cases with. I was up uh, BSing with him after an argument. We were in his chambers. And he said, hey, I listen to your show. You got to turn the volume down, man. You're way too excited. Like, I listen on Saturday morning, and I'm like, slow it down, Swanee. Come on. So a judge, I, I won't single out the specific judge, but I hear you. That just ain't my style, brother. Full pedal on the gas. Full pedal on the gas. We could talk for hours about the Walter Payton and Trey Lance stuff. And if you want to hear more great talks, segue, segue, thundering herdcast, 740thefan.com. Click on the podcast tab. Subscribe for free to the Thundering Herd cast on Apple iTunes and the Bison Illustrated podcast. Those are two podcasts where you get even more of this. If you're crazy enough and you got something wrong with you where you want two more hours of hearing with me, my wife can't stand to hear me talk for three hours. But if my, my mom... Right? She's like, I hear enough of you. Paswani, he listens. He listens, and they let me know about it. Bust my grapes a little bit. That's fine, but let's get into the mean potatoes of it. Trey Lance, guys. Here's the thing where I'm at with the Walter Payton stuff. He's the leading rusher on the Bison, the leading passer. He has 88. This is from Nolan and Chase. We were talking about it during the break. 88 completions, and as far as touchdown passes go, right now, Trey Lance through nine games through nine games, has 19, 109, excuse me, 109 passing completions, 19 touchdowns. So you're talking about a guy who on about one out of every six passes is throwing for a touchdown. That's why he leads the country in pass efficiency and passer rating. Jake Mayer ain't doing that. Flacco ain't doing that, where he's got that many percentage of his passes for touchdowns. He leads the Bison in rushing. Trey Lance would be the first quarterback since Rob Hyland in 1993, if he ends up finishing the year leading the Bison and rushing to do that, he could rush for 1,000 yards this year. That's a possibility with seven more games left. Would be the first quarterback since Chris Sindorm in 89 to put up 1,000 rushing for the Bison. And this isn't an option offense. If Here's the thing. If I were to ask you putting your coaching hats on, you have one quarterback to build a team around, one quarterback to take you to the playoffs. Nine out of ten FCS coaches would say, "Give me Trey Lance." Absolutely, it's not even a not even a debate, right? I mean, you you bring up Jake Mayer, and I, I'm thinking, you know, we talked about it in the break. How how many passes did Jake Mayer throw last week? Let's say maybe 25, 30. How many touchdowns did he throw? Three, four, maybe. How many passes did Trey Lance throw last week? Nine. How many touchdowns did he throw? Three. So you like translate that math, people. Like if Trey Lance throws the ball thirty times, you know if the if the stats hold up against that Youngstown defense, he throws for six or seven touchdowns. That's ridiculous. And so, 
when when people come and say, well, Devlin Hodges or whoever threw for more yards, he threw for more touchdowns, this and that. I don't think they're like I, I don't think they're taking into account the way NDSU's offense works. They were they were up forty two to seven on Youngstown State last week at halftime. The game was over. That doesn't happen in the rest of the FCS. Teams aren't beating beating their conference rivals 42 to 7 at halftime. That's just the way the Bison it's just the way the system has worked for the for NDSU. And and I think like to penalize Trey Lance and to penalize his talent because of that is is criminal in my opinion. It just doesn't make sense. It's the fact that he's not asked to do the workload. I think that's the biggest thing from from a voter standpoint. And you know what? Not everyone is going to be watching the games or trying to you know uh, go back a Swanee to maybe an ESPN three watch ESPN ESPN plus or go on YouTube. Right. I know you can watch the games. Not a lot of voters, I don't think, are going to take the extra half hour to watch ten football games on certain quarterbacks of fifteen twenty minutes and see how they do it. They just look on paper and they go, "All right, on paper, he doesn't have a lot of sexy numbers." Yes, he is proficient, but he doesn't throw for 300 yards in a game. He doesn't throw the ball 30 times. He's not going to rush the ball, you know, 20 times in a game for 200 yards. So I think that's what hurts an Easton stick, a Carson Wentz, a Trey Lance when it comes to, uh, you know, these awards. And if you talk to the Bison, they'd be like, fine, we don't want the award. We'll take the national championship because guess what? They've done that seven of the last eight years. But like if you're not doing your due diligence as like a, a poll voter or whatever, then why the heck are you in the polls? Why the heck are you, are you even a voter? You Preach. Know what I'm saying? Thank uh, you. Yes. If you're not doing your research on that sort of stuff, Chase, like you just said, why do you even? Why do you get a vote? I, it doesn't make sense to me. Running out of daylight, guys. Let's get to the game predictions. Kick it off. Bison by a lot. <laughs> by, bison Succinct, by a, concise. Bison by a swan. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is, and I said it against Missouri State game, it's it's the start. And the Bison didn't have a great start against Missouri State. It felt off kilter the entire game. If NDSU can come out with that puncher's punch like they did at Youngstown State, this should be a swan-esque 42-7 to at the half with the Bison possibly scoring 89. Okay, not that much, but I'm waiting for Swanee's <laughs> prediction here. I'm just going to I'm gonna mellow it out. It's a 42-point spread. I think Western covers. That's all that I'm going to say. I think Western covers the spread. Want to thank our sponsors. Aldendorf Trucking and Express, Weldon's Tire Service, Seaberg, Power Sports, and Yankee Insurance. And thank all of you fine listeners for tuning in to Heard It here with Swanee. I'll throw this at you guys. Jake Mayer, quarterback for UC Davis. He's got 23 touchdowns on the season to 10 interceptions. He only has four more touchdowns passing than Trey Lance, and he has 10 interceptions. Trey Lance is nearly 10 times better, nearly 10 times better on the TD to interception ratio than Jake Mayer is. Tom Flacco at Towson, 16 TDs, four picks. Trey Lance has more touchdowns than him, and he's five times better at TD to interception. And here's what we're going to do, and I'm going to tell you, Bison Nation, get ready, because from the pulpit, I'm a preaching that it's going to be a big day for the Bison offense. It's going to be a fast start. We're not getting slow out of the gate before you sit down in your seat. It could be 21 to 0. It could be 28 to zero. You are going to see a lot of backups in the second half. You are going to see the Bison roll. You're going to see him stampede and at the end of the day, the good guys are rolling to a 10-0 record and it's going to be 56-10. to 10. This is Herded here with Swanee. want to thank Nolan Schmidt and Chase Miller. Check out our fan page at 740thefan.com and remember that the strength of the herd is the Bison.
in the strength of the bison is the herd. Uh,